Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Colin, the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ. And this is Dan Spade. He's one of our elders. And here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to head over to our website at www.churchvictoria.com. This is our Wednesday evening conversation through the law and the prophets where we open up the Old Testament. We move through the narrative and the text and we see how it impacts us today as the church and how it how that text connects to Jesus. Um, if you're listening Listening to this on the Heart and Heads podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And make sure to comment down below. Um, if this ministry has blessed you or you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, I want, I want to encourage you to head over to that website. At the top of the page, we have a donate button that uh, take, will take you to PayPal, and you can partner with us as we seek to teach and preach the gospel. Uh, we're going to pray and get into the lesson. Again, church, thank you so much for joining us. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you again for bringing us here and bringing us uh, uh, into an opportunity to study your word. We're so grateful for the for the word and the power of it. And we're just grateful, Father, that we have this opportunity and the technology that we have. Thankful for the guys that are behind the scenes that, that help us and work with us. And, and I just pray that you continue to bless this effort and help it to grow and help people to grow from it and help people to learn from it and help people, Father, draw closer to you because of it. Thank you, Father, in every, for everything you do and all the way you're blessing this church. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. All right. So last week for us a minute ago. Yeah, because we're doing a, we're doing a back to back here. So uh, uh, yeah, we we were just talking about um, Balaam, and you know, really his lust for you know things other well, than God. You know, like we talked about, he's not listening to God. No, he's listening to Balaam. Yeah, it's what we do. You know, we we don't listen to God. We we say, oh, well, let let me counsel God. You know, and, and sometimes God's going to talk to us through different means. He's going to talk to us through the Word. He's going to talk to us through other people. He's going. The Holy Spirit is alive and well in all of us. Absolutely. Holy Spirit's job is to is to convict us, to to reward us, to intercede for us, to plead our case for us. He and that's what He does. All right. So if I have the Holy Spirit, you have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit knows what you need because He's living in you too, and so He's gonna He's gonna get. I'm gonna give you counsel. You don't listen to the council? Well, what you come to me for? You know, Balaam goes to God and says, I want to, you know, this guy and these people, he brought these people and, and I'm, I want to, you know, what I do? And God says, don't go with them. Don't go with them. And then so they come back with more money and, and more powerful and more prestigious people and says, you really need to, you need to come with us. And he said, well, y'all wait and I'll, I'll go to God. And he said, and he says, God, hello, it's me again come back and said, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking God's saying, didn't you hear me the first time? Yeah. Didn't you hear me the first time? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, well, that's how exactly many times it. your kids come to you and ask him for the same thing? Oh man, they get in trouble. They get in yeah. trouble if they do that. But he's going to get in trouble too. Oh yeah. They get in trouble. But he's like, going to get in trouble. It's like, I already done told you. I already, <laughs> I already done told I don't like repeating myself. I already done told you. You know, now what we do with our kids is if they'll come and they'll ask for something and we'll lay out the plan, right? My son will be like, hey, can I come play the video game? And I'll be like, okay, you want to play? I understand you want to play the video game. You've got to make sure all your chores are done. You got to wait until Judah goes down for a nap and you got to be done with your work. You got to be done with your schoolwork. You're done with all of that and then you can play the video game. And so then all that happens and he comes to me and I'm sitting there doing something and he'll be like, uh, dad, I have a question. I'm like, okay, go ahead. And he'll say, can I play the video game now? And I'll just look at him. 
I already done told you. I'm not, I'm not repeating myself. You figure it out. And sometimes he'll walk away. He'll walk away dejected like, oh, I can't play the video game. I don't have a problem playing the video game, but I already done told you. And he's learning. He's learning. I got to listen to, I got to listen and remember what my father has said. Yeah. It's very important. Yeah. But the reason people don't want to listen to your... Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, I was going to move on to another point, but go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, the reason people don't want to do that, you know, you mentioned listen, they got to listen to the counsel. counsel. Mm-hmm. People, the reason people don't want to do that is because they know they feel like they know, just like my kids feel like they know what my answer is already going to be. Mm-hmm. And see, the funny thing is, you don't think God, for those who would say that, well, I don't want to go talk to the elders because I already know what their answer would be. Number one... Why do you already know what their answer is going to be? Do you already know that the thing you're trying to do is bad? Yeah. Well, then yeah. maybe you shouldn't do how it. How many times have you had that? <laughs> Since you've been here, how many times have you seen that? Oh, man. Way over too many times. and over and over again. And it's like, if you already know the thing that you're doing is dirty, rotten, or bad, or not good, not optimal, yeah. then you already have your not answer. Been, at least not beneficial. Right. Not beneficial for your spiritual health and well-being. But sometimes, like my kids... They and and we're we're all like children in this way. I don't want to go ask dad because I feel like if I ask dad, he's gonna say no. You have no idea what I'm gonna say. You have no idea what my plans are. You have no idea. And and now put this in the proper perspective, which is God. What I tell people all the time is go talk to the elders, see what they say. Before you go, pray and say, God, put your words in the elders' mouth. Put your words in the elders' mouth. If you want me to do this thing, God, let the elders. Be on board with it. And if you don't want me to do this thing, make the elders unanimously against it. You don't think God can move them around? Of course he can. That's our prayer every day is that God, you put your words in our mouth, that you move us the right direction, Mm -hmm. that you help us give sound and wise counsel. Yeah. The problem is oftentimes people want what they want and they want it right now and they don't want to be waylaid. And they know that if they pray and they put it before God, He's going to tell them contrary to what they want. Yeah. And that's a shame. And we've seen people's lives implode. Since I've been here, we've seen, I mean, it's, it's like, man, you might as well be a prophet, Dan. <laughs> because it's my goodness. It's like, I remember one individual was like, well, we're thinking about doing this. And I'm like, look, if you're asking my opinion on it, I don't think that's a good idea. And here are my reasons. However, I'm not God. So pray to God and go talk to the elders. Pray to God, go talk to the elders. And if all of the elders are on board, you have your answer. If the elders are non-committal, you have your answer. But if the elders are against it, listen. Okay, I'm going to go do that. And they came and they talked to you, and you all were against it. And oh no, we we went we did it anyway. went and did it anyway. Life exploded. Blew up. Blew up. Blew up. And I'm like, and now what does that individual say? I should have listened. Yeah. I should have listened. Yeah. And it, you know, it's not just one person, you, you know, if you're listening and you think, oh, he's talking about me. No, no. Check yourself. Cause I'm probably, I'm talking about 15 different people yeah. at this point. Yeah. It's a constant problem. It's like God put us in this church for a reason. God put us in this community for a reason yeah. to help strengthen and encourage one another. We're not trying to withhold anything from anybody. No. We want good no. things, Yeah. but we don't want you to make a shipwreck of your faith either. Yeah. Well, let, let's 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 move on. We're in twenty one. Well, I mean, I basically gave the gave the story away because this is exactly what Balaam is going to do. So the angel of the Lord. So Balaam. Uh, oh, sorry, Balaam's donkey. This is verse twenty one yeah. in Numbers twenty two. Yeah. Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the Moabite officials. Should listen to God, but God was very angry when he went, and the angel of the Lord 
stood in the road to oppose him. Hmm. The angel of the Lord. Well, I like, first of all, you know, God's, I can, I can just see, you've done this when you, fine, go do what you want to do. Go ahead. You want to do this? Go. Go ahead. But it says he went and God was angry. Well, it was a test, wasn't it? Yeah. What should he have done? Stayed home. Stayed home. Told him no. You know, he should have said, guys, I'm not going. God's already told me no. He told me no, I'm not going. I'm not going to do this. You know, sometimes that's what we ought to do. You know, as, as husbands and leaders, sometimes when God gives us counsel and it's contrary to what mama wants to do, we need to say, I'm sorry, we're not doing this. This is not healthy for us. We're not going to do this. You want to know what it means to be a little child? Jesus says in Matthew 18, you, you have to be like one of these little children to enter the kingdom of heaven. That's what it means. It means that we listen to the voice of God and we do what he says. That's literally what it yeah. means. That we seek his counsel, yeah. we seek his wisdom, and then we do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, okay, I'm, I'm done with it. Oh, okay. okay. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Balaam, be, uh, so... You know, God's angry. He's not doing what God told him to do. He's not doing what God expect, wants him to do. Mm -hmm. And so God was angry when he went. The angel of the Lord. Now this verse in verse 22, you know, that first dynamic we struggle with. This second dynamic we're going to really struggle with because the angel of the Lord is Satan in this verse. Mm -hmm. Okay. That word oppose in the NIV is Satan. Okay. That's what that word is. So the angel of the Lord is Satan to Balaam. Okay. Now, we have a hard time with that because we've turned the verb Satan into a proper noun. We've turned it into a name. We've turned it into an identity. Okay. Or we've turned it into a person, not an identity. We've turned okay. it into a person. But it, in the Hebrew, it's just a, it's just a verb. And it means to oppose. It means to stand against. This is what Jesus was saying when he looked at Peter and he said, get behind me, Satan. Satan. Right? He's saying, get behind me, the one who is standing in my way. Get behind me, my the adversary, one me. the one who opposes me. So let this sink in. God is now opposing Balaam. Mm -hmm. That's a scary place to be. Yeah. That's a very scary place to yeah. be. I don't want God as my adversary. No. I don't want God no. standing against me. You know, what you're not saying here is that the angel of the Lord is Satan. Oh, yeah. The angel of the Lord isn't the devil. No. The angel of the Lord is no, Satan. No, no. He's he's opposing. He is opposing. He is opposing yeah. the pathway. He's standing in the pathway of Balaam, so Balaam can't go, can't get through. He said, "I told you to stay home. You didn't listen to me. Correct. So now, fine, go and see what happens." You know, and and I think we, I think what happens is we go like this and we tunnel vision in because I don't want to see the opposition. That's right. What is the opposition? You say, "I'm going to go talk to the elders." Okay, I really want to take this job. You know, I had somebody come to it and say, you know, I'm coming to y'all because this is the situation I found myself in. There's a job opportunity that I have. And the job opportunity is this kind of money, this kind of deal, this, 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 this. And I, and, uh, and I came to y'all to get your counsel, but I want to let you know I've already turned the job down. Because what I saw was is the money was going to was going to be detrimental the time was going to be detrimental and the and the location was going to be detrimental to me being the christian i need to be wow <laughs> wow yeah. that's the same counsel we would have given him but he heard it already from his, from his own god he heard it himself he went to god god said not good not good not good not good this is going to be this is going to be bad 
counts. Right? On all four counts, going to be bad. And he said, okay. And he listened. And you know where he's he's got he's got the job. He's got a job good now. He's got he, all of his stuff is falling in place, and he's growing spiritually. You know, and I'm going. You know, he didn't. He didn't. He did, God didn't have to stand in the way to oppose him because God's saying, "Hey, you don't need to do this." Because sure. if he had come to us, he knew what we were going to say. He already knew. He had a good well, idea. And who, gave, and who gave him that idea? Who who told God him? God did. Yeah. God told him that. The father was already working. Yeah. Because he wanted to know what the father said. Yeah. And here's the thing, guys. What's true for Balaam is true for us. When we don't want to know what the Father says, when we're not interested in hearing what the Father has to say, when we refuse to seek out his mm -hmm. advice through his yeah. word, mm -hmm. through counsel, through prayer, when we refuse to do those things, guess who's standing opposed to us now? God. Guess whose side we're choosing? Yeah. We're not choosing God's yeah. side. We're choosing the enemy's side. Well, And we need to understand that when we choose the enemy's side, we're making God our enemy. Well, think about it. You know, ba Balaam's on his way going with these guys. All right. God's already told him no. He said, well, wait a minute. I didn't hear you right. Are you sure what you said? Yeah. Fine. Go ahead and go. That's right. Yeah. He doesn't. He's not smart enough or not aware enough. You know, when your wife uh, is not happy with you mm -hmm. and she responds to you, mm -hmm. does she respond differently oh, yeah. than when she is happy with you? Oh, very different. Yeah, it's very. Do we twist it sometimes and make say, oh, "Okay, well, you told me to go ahead and go." No, I don't do. I try. I try very hard. You've done hard that not before. Do that. You've done that yeah. before. I've learned that lesson. No, I'm not talking about now that you've learned. <laughs> I'm talking about when you didn't learn it. Did you? She said she'll say, "I told you I didn't want you going to begin with." Yeah, I think uh, the the time I remember specifically is uh, I wanted a motorcycle. Mm -hmm. My dad. My dad. Grew up riding motorcycles, uh -huh. and, or didn't grow up right, but he he rode motorcycles, and I grew up riding on the back uh -huh. with him, you know, and, and stuff like that. And so, you know, I have all these reasons in my head. You know, I work out of uh -huh. town, uh -huh. so having a motorcycle would be more economical, be all these things. And so I came to my wife, and I said, uh, I said, hey, you know, I want to buy a motorcycle. And she goes, she goes, no, you're not doing that. And I said, and and very definitively, like, no, we're not doing that. And I, and I said, well, why don't we compromise on it, you know? And she goes, uh, okay, we'll compromise. You can buy a motorcycle, and I'll get a divorce. <laughs> and I went, man, I, I, you know, I, I've never brought it up again. Solve the problem because I'm not willing to do that compromise. That's the compromise I'm not interested in doing. So, um, yeah, you know, absolutely, she responds differently when she's when she's frustrated or angry or upset. She responds differently, and it behooves me to to pay attention to that. Now, I didn't always. Um, there were times when I didn't care, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a priority for me. I, I was going to get what I wanted. Right. And, uh, those are hard times in our marriage because the selfish intent, my selfishness, my selfish intent, I didn't care about my family or my, mm -hmm. my kids. I mean, I said I did, but I really didn't. What I wanted was what I wanted <laughs> and I was going to get it one way or the other. Right. Um, and that's very detrimental. It's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So yeah, yeah, I can tell. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've been married fifty something years. All right, I know. You know, but back in the day, I couldn't, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you sick them from come here, man. You know, <laughs> you know. And, but, but I looked, at, I look at it now, and I say, there are times when my wife used to say, "That fine, go ahead." And I should have been smart enough to figure out. She's really saying, "Are you an idiot?" <laughs> I already told you no. Fine, go ahead. And I remember going hunting, and I would make all these excuses because when I went hunting, I didn't just go hunting. I went hunting. 
Yeah. Okay. I'm gone. And I left her with three kids and I left and I left five hours away. It's a 10 hour round trip. And I stayed for four days. I'd come home completely blitzed when I got home and then maybe had deer to clean and all that stuff to do. And, uh, and it got to the point where she said, okay, I really think we ought to do something different. And I said, man, I really, man, I would pay all this money on a, you know, paying a hundred dollars a month, paying $1,200. That's a lot of money for us, man. We didn't have the money paying $1,200 a, a year for this lease. And, uh, and she said, fine, you know, you're probably right. Go ahead and go. I should have been smart enough to figure out. No, she's not saying go. She's saying stay at home. It took me a while until she finally, I was, I was going to lose them, you know, over, over this stuff. You know? Did you figure it out or did she just? No, I figured it out. Okay. I figured I figured out this is, you know, when I got home and she wasn't happy to see me, I've been gone for four days. Why aren't you happy to see me? Because I'm pissed off. That's why. Yeah. And I know, I know what yeah. mad is went in her. And I knew when she was hacked off. And, uh, and I'd call her on the way home because that was before cell phone phones and all that stuff, you know. So, well, yeah, it, we had, so you couldn't get cell phone service from there because we were like 10 miles off the highway. You couldn't, you know, there was no cell phone service. You just couldn't yeah. get it. You you had to drive 10 miles, 20 miles. You still can't get it out there. No. I know where, I know where y'all are talking about it. Yeah. You, you can't, you can't get cell phone. No. I, that's a dead zone. I mean, we, I mean, we live, we, we hunted right outside of Mountain Home and Mountain Home is, is, uh, is. I mean, it's in it's in the middle of the, the sticks, man. I mean, it's and then we hunted way back out there, man. I mean, it was it was as far back as you could get in that piece of property, and and so you know, I I, I should have been smart. He should have known. Yeah, you know, and and it says when the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him, Balaam was riding on his donkey and his two servants with him. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand, it turned off the road into a field. Balaam beat it to get it back on the road. Why? Because Balaam don't see the angel. Because he's not focused. He's not focused on the no. donkey. The angel appears to the donkey, but not to Balaam. Yeah. And so Balaam, the donkey goes, goes off in the field. And so he starts beating the donkey. Yeah. Let, let's, let's go. And then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path through the vineyards with walls on both sides. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, he pressed close to the wall, crushing Balaam's foot against it. So he beat the donkey again. Then the angel of the Lord moved on ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no room to turn, either to the right or the left. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it lay down under Balaam, and he was angry and beat it with his staff. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth and said to Balaam, what have I done to make you beat me these three times? Can you imagine? You know, if you're, put yourself in Balaam's shoes, all right? He's gone, he's gone on his journey. He's had tickled to death. God said to go, man, I'm, I'm, man, I would, I would be in the car on my road to junction, man. I'm tickled to death, man. Getting everything I'm you going. Want. Mama gave me the okay. I'm going, you know, and then, and then get a phone call. I phone call her when I get to, to San Antonio and she's not as excited as I am. Well, how come? Cause I just left when she told me not to, she's hacked off and, uh, and I'm going, and I'm looking at this guy, and he's beating the donkey when the donkey's smarter than he is. Yeah. Donkey sees the angel. You know what what is what what do you think that what do you think Balaam the donkey sees when he sees this angel? Oh man. Got an angel, a powerful angel with a drawn sword. You know, I, I don't know. I've never seen an angel like this. Maybe I've seen an angel, but just don't know that I saw one. Because he tells us to entertain strangers and everything, because we may entertain angels unaware. You know, maybe I've had. So, 
Yeah, Daniel has a Daniel has a good a good description of of this character. I I, I think so. the The question with the angel of the Lord is: Is this? A lot of people say the angel of the Lord is Jesus, um, and it can be. It mm-hmm. certainly can be. There are times when it can't. Um, so the question is: Like in this story, is this Jesus or is this another angel of the Lord? Um, and it's it's really up for debate in this passage. But there have been plenty uh, up to the story at this point. There have been plenty of physical manifestations of Yahweh. Mm-hmm. Abraham in Genesis uh, fifteen. Yeah, you know he takes him outside and shows him the stars of the sky. That's that's mm-hmm. that's someone taking someone from yeah. one place to another. So that's a that's a meeting, right? The three strangers that Abraham entertains when he learns of the destruction of Sodom and two go to, for Sodom's two go. Two go in one state. Two goes in one state, and, and it's the and Lord. The common idea is that that one state was the manifestation of God through Jesus. Well, I mean, it's a visible manifestation. Yeah. Certainly, there's a visible manifestation of God when. Let me uh, let me stop. Think if it was. All right. Let's say it was. So let's say this is Jesus. No, no. Let's say that when Abraham entertains that one guy. Oh yeah. That's Jesus. Oh, I and know he sees him. Okay, he sees him. Yeah. And then when you when you when you read Luke 16, mm-hmm. and and it and. And Abraham is there, and Lazarus is there in Abraham's bosom, and Lazarus has been there with Jesus in paradise. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, do you think th- that's going to blow my mind? Yeah, that's going to blow my to be with Jesus and know that this is the same Jesus that that came to Abraham, that may have been standing here, that showed up in a burning bush, appeared in front of Joshua, appeared in front of Joshua, the commander of the Lord's army, was Joshua seven. You know, he says, I'm I'm a commander of the Lord's host, and Joshua bows down to worship him, yeah. and then the angel says, This is holy ground. Right. So that's kind of the key. And, and you know, and it's and you know, I've got some written down. Uh Exodus three, yeah, where he where he's identified as God. Exodus twenty three, where he's where he's where he pardons sin, says he pardons sin. I mean, this is it's you know, th- those instances are the angel of the Lord, that's God. Samson's parents. Yeah. He appears and he accepts worship yep. from Samson's parents. Joshua seven, like you said, where Joshua he's seven. worshipped. Judges, the beginning of Judges, where the uh, I, I can't remember if it's the angel of the Lord or the name of the Lord, but he goes all throughout, all throughout the land from from one part of the land to another, uh-huh. telling Israel that they're they're going astray and mm-hmm. there's much weeping and gnashing. Yep. Sam uh, Samuel in front of Samuel, he appears by him, yep. right, and he continues the the word of the Lord continues to appear there. But this is so essentially what what we're given throughout the Hebrew Bible is this understanding that there are two Yahwehs. Mm-hmm. There is the Yahweh who is infinite beyond the creation, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> and then there's the Yahweh who appears within his creation. This is what we call two powers theology. Mm-hmm. And it was a very popular teaching in Judaism because God, Yahweh God, did not stop being Yahweh God just because he had a physical manifestation here. Mm-hmm. So that was essentially how they described it. Now, this is what John picks up in John chapter 1. Yeah. In John chapter 1, when when John says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. All of John chapter 1, John is making the argument that these visible manifestations of Yahweh that we see all over the Old Testament, the, the cloud, the presence in the cloud, leading them in the wanderings, uh, you know, the angel of the Lord coming to Abraham multiple times, the angel of the Lord coming to these and appearing to these prophets and these people. All throughout. John is making the claim that this entity, the name, 
the word of the Lord, the angel of the Lord, all of these different descriptions of the, the commander of the Lord's army in Joshua, mm-hmm. all of these descriptions are actually Jesus. In 1 John, he even goes so far as to say, no one has ever seen, both in, he actually says in the gospel and his letter, <laughs> no one has ever seen the Father, but only the Son. This is, this is what the apostles were saying, that Jesus is the, the word of the Lord, the angel of the Lord, Oh, this person, this entity from our past, Jesus is this person incarnate. Mm-hmm. That that's who Jesus is, and it's 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 amazing, and it makes perfect sense. Well, it what what boggles my mind is how people can be so dismissive of some of this stuff, and say, well, that's not possible, or that's not that not probable. Sure. You know, I mean, when when you take and put all these little piece, these little nuggets together, it's pretty obvious that that we're talking about God here. Okay, in in some many of these instances, we're talking about God here. Absolutely, and and the only one that we know that manifested Himself and came to Earth, God dwelt among His people was Jesus. That's right. And so you have to say, okay, you know, am I wrong here? Am I right here? Is G- is God really that involved in His creation? Absolutely. Well, then, and if and if this is true, if the people that these these people interacted with Balaam interacted with Moses interacted if if the if the the entity that these people are interacted with because think of what John says again no one has ever seen the father but the son that means the elders of Israel ate with the son yeah on top of Sinai yeah. that means Moses saw the son pass before him mm-hmm. right and that was covered in the cleft of the rock yeah. that means Abraham heard it from Jesus mm-hmm. right it wasn't it wasn't the father but the son and now the son has been revealed. That means we have an entire, there's an entire half of the Bible called the Old Testament. And I say half, it's not really half, it's the majority of our Bible, the Old Testament, where we get to see the teachings of Jesus and interact with the teachings of Jesus mm-hmm. just before his incarnation. So how could anyone ever say that they don't see Jesus in the Old Testament? When you, when you, when you start to understand this stuff, it makes something that's complicated as the book of Hebrews become way because i told him last night i said i said the main purpose of the book of of the hebrews is to is to absolutely scream the preeminence of christ he is great he is awesome there is nobody like him and there's nobody ever going to be like him and nobody we should never put anybody in his place that's and that's what he was trying to tell these jewish christians you can't put anybody else in his place you can't put moses you can't put the law you know only jesus he is the preeminent one He's the one that stands above everyone else. And when you see stuff like this, the angel of the Lord, and you can diagnose it down or dissect it down to saying, okay, this was was a pre-incarnate God. This was Jesus before he was incarnated as a son, as a baby, and grew as a, as a man. That's who this was. And he stands before Balaam, stands before that donkey, and the donkey opens his mouth and looks around at Balaam and says, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're standing in opposition. And it's interesting, too, because if this if this angel of the Lord, uh-huh. right, and there is, is debate about whether this angel of the Lord is is specifically uh, the pre-incarnate Christ. I think most of the time we encounter the angel of the Lord, it's pretty obvious that it is. Mm-hmm. But there is some contention here. But I, I, I'm of the opinion, just listening to what you were saying, it's it's persuaded me that this likely is. Mm-hmm. And this is why. What is Balaam, in his greed, threatening? It's re- really think about it here. What is God going to do through Israel? He's going to bring about 
Jesus. Yeah. What is Balak trying to stand in the way of? What Jesus. is he trying to hire Balaam to stand in the yeah. way of? Yeah. So he doesn't very, know that. Balaam doesn't understand. No. I don't think Balaam, Balaam likely understands that what he's doing isn't the right thing, but I don't think Balaam understands you know what Balaam the understands? significance You know what Balaam it. understands? He is a lot like society today. He understands one or two things. He understands power and money. Mm. That's what he understands. That's what feeds him. That's what winds him up. That's what motivates him. And up until now, God has been copacetic to those two pursuits. Yeah. God's, God's let, sometimes God lets us, you know, make our choices and go run amok. He lets us do that. You know, he, you know, the, a loving God has to let us make our choices. Has to let us make our mistakes. Yeah, he does. But now it's brass tacks. Now Balaam is trying to bring curses down on Israel, destroy them in front of Balak. And if he destroys Israel, if, if Balaam does this, right, let's say Balak and Balaam are successful in this, what does it really destroy? It destroys the whole, the whole, sign, the whole, the whole planet, covenant. The yeah, salvation the of the nations. And it God knows everything. that's not going to happen because God's the one that's, that's, that's pulling the strings. God's not going to let that happen. Well, not only is God not going to let that happen, but he's going to give Balaam the opportunity to fix it. He's going to give Balaam, because he cares about Balaam, too, because Balaam is one of yeah. those people he's well, trying and, to save. You know, I mean, if you look at it, it says, he says uh, uh, Balaam answered the donkey, you have made a fool of me. Now, listen, you know, he's talking to this donkey. Has he lost his mind? <laughs> you know, <laughs> the donkey turned around and starts talking to him. I, I think this is such an excellent, excellent example of what Paul means when he says the love of money has made has made a shipwreck wreck of many people's faith, right? Because well, this is this is exactly that. Now you're talking to a donkey and you're not concerned. It hasn't gotten your attention. That look at look what he said. Balaam answered the donkey. You have made a fool of me. If only I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now. What are you going to kill the donkey for? Listen here, Doolittle. Calm down. <laughs> Yeah, it's, you know, and the donkey said, am I not your own donkey, which you have always ridden to this day? Have I been in the habit of doing this to you? Now, notice he says doing this to you. Uh, what what part, donkey? The the part where you you keep running off the road and, and doing these weird behaviors? Or the part where you're talking to me? Why? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense. No, it's yeah. completely and, and then it said, And then it says... The, <laughs> And then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel Lord standing in the road with the sword. Hold on, hold on, hold on, real quick. Sorry, have I been in the habit of doing this to you? No. <laughs> That's all he can say. That's it. No. Like he's talking to you, dude. Have you lost your mind? Yeah. <laughs> Has this donkey ever talked to you? He's never ran you off the road, run you into a fence, run you into the wolf. A lot of bizarre things going on here. Oh, there's a lot. Yo, has he not figured out God showed up? Yeah, he said, "I'm going to go wait. I'm going to I'm going to go find out from God." And then he says, "And then the then uh, then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a sword drawn. So he bowed down and fell face down. You think as he's falling face down, I'm an idiot, <laughs> idiot. You know, the, the the thing is, is no, because I've seen I've seen people walk into a conference room and mm. and take advice. And and no, and I and I know that we prayed and God has showed up and God has given them advice and 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 they and they walk out and do this do the exact opposite. And at some point they ought to look around and say, Man, I'm an idiot. And that's not what they do. They try to justify the decisions they made in spite of going against God's counsel. And that's sad. And you know this is the right. It's heartbreaking, is what it is. This is the right response. I mean, when he when he sees the angel of the Lord, he falls face down. Yeah. Well, you know what would you do? I mean, I mean, dude, I'm I, like I said, I don't know that I've ever 
ever been confronted by an angel. But I think this guy, I think this guy would have, it would have been clear to me who he was. Yeah, you know, there's, so angels can appear in a lot of ways. As Peter points out, we've entertained angels unknowingly. So angels just, they, they can appear in a lot of different ways. In Daniel, the angel that appears to him is so terrifying that he he loses himself and this is a man who's who's faced down the king of babylon you know mm-hmm. and he loses composure and he loses and he's so terrified you know at revelation has some great descriptions of what the glorified christ can look like mm-hmm. and I, I think these are serious things i think in this case it's it's pretty obvious who this person is it's pretty obvious that you know, this is a serious customer. Yeah. You know, my guess would be that sword is flaming. Yeah. And uh yeah. you know, this is this is a terrifying visage and Balaam is is I think so. Well next week we're gonna pick scared. it up here and we're gonna and we'll see what what is what does he finally do? What what finally happens here? What oh we're not I mean we're not oh, gonna we're get not into done. all of the things that he does until twenty five. Yeah, we're we're not but we're you know, we've got the donkey talking to him and, and we've got him seeing now he's face down in the dirt and we'll pick it up there next that. week. You know, am I in the habit of doing this to you? Which part? <laughs> let's let's pray. <clears throat> Father, thank you so much for the opportunity we've had to study this story. We pray you continue to bless as we continue moving through this through this narrative and and uh, and try to help our audience to understand and to and to put it into practical application. How did how do we how do we navigate through this and what is what are you trying to tell us here? And we thank you, Father, for the for the insight that you'll give us. And we pray, Father, you will give us insight uh, to our own lives and what we need to be doing and how we need to be approaching life. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity. Thank you for loving us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.